You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Even if like somebody's listening and they're like, you know, I want this, I have this really big goal, right? Let's just say running. Like say your goal is to qualify for Boston Marathon or to run a marathon. Let's just start, let's just say to run a marathon, right? And maybe you have a specific time that you want to want to hit. You start now. You know, like don't do this thing where it's like, okay, I know that there's a long process for me to get there, and then somehow like drag that out. Sometimes you you can you can set a goal for something crazy, like that it's like a five-year goal, you know, but it becomes a 10-year goal if you don't start now, you know, like it could be a seven or eight, you keep pushing it out. Do something, do whatever you can do now. Like in sobriety, it's like, what can you control? Control what you control, you know, and everything else is outside of, you can't control anything other than what you do. So like you have a goal and you can't control the, you know, you can't go run the marathon today. You can go look up the the, the, the plan that you're gonna use. You can pay for it online. You can go hire a coach today or you can something today. And, or maybe just get out the door and start that process. Maybe walk today, maybe jog today, something. You know, like I have to start now. And I know that some things take a little longer, but starting ASAP and doing something you can do every day. And some days what's required of you is to rest, but do that. That was Tommy Bailey. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, we are syncing up with Tommy Bailey, aka Tommy Runs on Instagram, founder of Chip Time Running and host of the podcast, The Run, Eat, Sleep Show. We do a recap of his recent experience at the Boston Marathon where he PR'd, and this was his second time running. The highs and lows of the course and what happened with the Pioneers Run Crew during the race at mile 21. We chat about where his journey with running, sobriety, the podcast, and his Instagram content creation began. Tommy also shares his overall philosophy around running and life. I'm sure you're going to be inspired and motivated. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Just head over to wherever you get your Apple podcast, click on the Marnie on the Move podcast, click on the five stars, and click on leave a review. Tell us what you love, share this conversation with your friends on social, take a screenshot, and share what you like about the conversation. Now, onto our conversation with Tommy Runs. It's so great to connect with you on the podcast. How are you feeling after this weekend in Boston? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm, you know, I'm happy and, you know, I feel I'm very grateful for having a good experience Yeah. and excited about, you know, what's next actually. So how did the run go for you? Like what, what did you like about the race? Like maybe we can do a little race debrief and you can take me through in case someone listening, including myself might be interested in doing that race at some point. Like what were some of the highs and lows? Um, I think the, the, some of the highs were just the, you know, the crowds, you know, um, support and, uh, all that kind of comes with a, you know, the major marathon and Boston's a little different because it's smaller. It's just a smaller street normally. Yeah. Like some of the larger marathons that I've done, you're running like kind of through the city more often and it's, it's loud and stuff, but it just seems a little bit more intimate, you know, the Boston yeah. you know, experience. Um, so the crowds were just great and that's always awesome. And everyone there like that's running with you too, is just so excited to be there. And so many people are, you know, had a goal to get there, but then once they get there, they also have this other goal, you know, whether that's like to, 
to PR again or try to do that or to, you know, requalify with their time there for next year so they don't have to like do it again later. Yeah. <laughs> or just, you know, some people are are just like, hey, you know, I want to, I got here and I just want to enjoy it and finish the race. Mm-hmm. So that it, it's, it's, I think that's kind of like similar to a lot of the other races, but it just seems like to be more on the forefront um, during like that marathon weekend and during the, during the race too. And so many people work together um, because of the way the, the waves are so based on the time that you took, that you ran to get there. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of so many different big groups of people, you know, no pace groups at all. Oh, you know, but yeah, there's, but that's it's kind of because there's so many people that if you're in the right corral, you are with, you're going to be with a bunch of people that are similar fitness, similar times. Mm-hmm. So there's so many times, like if you see videos and pictures, there's just always these really big chunks of people, even later through the race, which doesn't normally happen, you know, normally right. throughout that, and you kind of spread out and you're kind of on yeah. your own, but you know, you're, you're, even if you're suffering at mile 25, 26 and walking, even, you know, there's going to be somebody walking with you, you know, there's always a chance to, to lock in with somebody else there. I have to say, I felt like, you know, as somebody who was there spectating and just going to events, it was incredible. Like I've not had that experience in New York at the marathon. It's just, it feels like everything was on the two blocks and it's like one big party for running. Yeah. Did you, yeah. did you enjoy that component of it as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the whole, the Newbury and Boylston street vibe are just great because there's um, just, it's like a one-stop street for everything that you need, you know, and it, it's, it's very different. I mean, I think that more, more brands are going to start doing more of that. Like, you know, yeah. as time comes when around these major races, instead of like just being in an expo, yeah. you can't really cu- you really can't curate the experience as a brand yeah. in expo. And yeah. I think that people should stick with that to support the support the uh, the races themselves. But then if it's in the budget, you're going to see more more companies have like little side pop ups, which is just really cool. You can kind of like really be in in the brand, you know, like, you know, and you walk in the door, you're just like you, everything in that space is from that brand. So I think that's really cool. And, and it's a fun way to do it. And there's so many events going on. There's so many panels and shakeout runs and all that. So it's, it's, it's tough to kind of stay off your feet, Yeah. but it's worth it to have that experience and, um, and really kind of like enjoy the weekend. Yeah. I feel like as a spectator, it was awesome. If I was running, I probably would be in my hotel room the entire weekend. <laughs> I'm I mean, just my personality. So. <laughs> yeah. You think so. And so it's like, oh, no, that's there. a really good yeah. panel. Yeah. It's a great panel. Let me, you know, and you, and then sometimes you just want to see what's going on. I mean, yeah. and if you're able to book a room close enough or somewhere near, you know, it's, it's hopefully not too much, you know, too much walking. I mean, there's yeah. certain points where you're like, yeah, I got to go sit down somewhere, but yeah. That was me, and I wasn't even running. <laughs> yeah, it's like you really do want to just be like a part of the weekend. Don't you know? That's the one thing too. Like, there's a there's a line that you can that you can cross where it's right. like you're you're doing too much, but then there's also this like you want to enjoy the experience of you know running the Boston Marathon or or, or New York or Chicago right. or whatever. You know, it's um, you just want to experience the whole. You know, you want to walk away and say, "Wow, next year, next year, I'm gonna go to the panels." You know, like. Might as well go to a few of them while you're there. Did you did you end up BQing? I didn't. Uh, what was your time? Uh, I ran two forty six fifty nine. Okay, so is that a BQ so, for you? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Fast. For sure. Yeah. Um, that was actually a PR for me, so that, that was, was fun too. I saw a lot of people PR'd in this race, yeah. which is incredible because I mean it feels like it's such a hard race, like compared to other yeah. marathons, right? Yeah, I think it's a pretty, I think it's a fairly decent deal to like PR in Boston um, because of, you know, because of exactly that, because it's so, uh, it's a tough course to PR on. It's, it's, it's a neg, it's typically like a positive split type of race. Yeah. Um, second half is much harder than the first and it doesn't lend itself to like big PRs, you know? Um, yeah. So, but that just goes to show like how many people, you know, get their BQs and, you know, really lock in for the next however long to, get more fit and enjoy the experience in a faster way, I guess, you know, what was the, what do you think was like as a runner, the most physically challenging part of the course for you? Um, I think it, I mean, just, just those, well, for me, uh, 
Well, yeah, just for, for me, I think it was really the first half of the race. Okay. Because, you know, going into last year, because the second year I did did Boston. Yeah. Going into last year, I had an injury to like the outside part of my knee um, that like prohibited me from like really finishing out the training block last year well. So I was like three to four weeks of just kind of very low mileage to try to get to Boston healthy and see what I could do. And at mile like 15, after going downhill for 13, you know, how many ever miles, it was, money was just like done, you know, and yeah. I was able to, but it was like, I had to stop and limp and walk and stop and run and jog and, and it kind of just made it through like that. But so going into this race, I kept telling myself, like, if you can just make it through 16 miles and not be in like excruciating pain, like last year, then you have a chance, you know? So right. like the first miles were very you know nerve-wracking and you know and I tried to you know just enjoy and relax and be calm about it but it was definitely like a tough you know a tough moment to to know like as I was approaching where I like broke it down like it's like where you know where am I like where, where's how's my body feeling you know um and I trained a lot I trained a lot on hills so I mean obviously heartbreak hill and the third hill yeah for heartbreak is like uh, Mount Everest, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. And then heartbreak. It's funny because Heartbreak Hill isn't like small, really. Yeah. But because of how like large the 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 hill is before that, you're like you're in your mind. You're like, oh my god, if Heartbreak is if the next hill is this big, I'm not going to be able to like yeah. run over, you know. And so, like, I think I hyped the next hill up so much that by the time I got to heartbreak, I was like, oh, okay, that's not, it's not. Yeah, there's always, I always feel like there's something like that, like something in a race or on a run where you, like, have all this hype around something. And then there's, like, something so much harder that makes the hype on the other hill or the other part of the course, like, easy. And you're like, whoa, that was nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. And, I mean, that's a good thing, too. Like, if you're, but if you're, like, if you're, aren't. You know, unfortunately, if you're not like fit enough or like, you know, didn't do enough work, then you like get to that moment and the thought of the next hill will like mess up your this hill, you know, because yeah. I try to take each hill in each moment, each mile. Like I'm very big into like, you know, one day at a time, one step at a time right. because and all that stuff. Um, so like I'm like I was just going into it, I'm like, OK, just one hill at a time. Don't be worried too much. Just get over this hill, get down this, you know, you know and recover on the downhill, you know. Um, so like typically like thinking about the next hill would probably be too much. It's like, yeah, you know, um, you, you don't want to be thinking about the next hill, but right. you have to the, be in the moment, but you also yeah, have to be realistic about I, what's coming. Yeah. But the fact that <laughs> like I hyped life. it up so much, yeah. yeah, but the fact that I hyped it up so much and, and, and I was still okay, it was able to kind of like, I was able to push through. Shout out to our sponsors at Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is my go-to for staying on the inside track of my health and wellness. Created by experts from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT, Inside Tracker uses the power of your body's key biomarkers, fitness data, and DNA, and DNA to reveal what you need to live healthier longer. You'll receive specific nutrition, exercise, supplement, and lifestyle recommendations, providing insight that goes well beyond what you can get from generic blood work. I started using Inside Tracker in 2019 and it has been a real game changer for my health and athletic performance. Since May is Women's Health Month, Inside Tracker is unveiling an upgraded ultimate plan that includes three new hormone biomarkers that are critical to measure during a woman's reproductive and menopausal years. The new ultimate plan includes estradiol, progesterone, and TSH. And because it's Women's Health Month, Inside Tracker is not charging for these three hormone markers in May. For a limited time, Marnie on the Move listeners can get 20% off Inside Tracker's new ultimate plan. With Inside Tracker, discovering what your body needs is no longer a guessing game. Visit insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the Move. That's insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the Move. Now, back to our conversation. What other marathons have you done or how many other marathons have you done? This was my seventh. So seventh. Uh, so I've done Boston twice, Chicago, New York, um, Glass City, Erie, Pennsylvania Marathon, Glass City, Toledo. That's in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, that's actually going to be this weekend coming up. Um, Are you doing another and, 
No, no, no. Oh, okay. It's just, I'm like, you're ready. Um, I got, I got, I got some friends that are, I got some friends that are running it. Cool. Um, and then, um, the first one was Detroit Free Press. And which one, uh, Detroit Free Press? Yes. Uh, which one are you, which one did you qualify for Boston in? The Glass, Glass City, uh, Marathon in 2021. Awesome. So yeah. when, like, when did you start running? I started running in 2018. Um, so I was like, just, I was just over like a year sober at the time. Um, and I was, when I got sober originally in 2017, I know I, I used uh, like, you know, I took this as like my time to like, I had all this extra time and energy. So I'm like, let me, and I just wasn't like happy with the way I looked, you know, and mm -hmm. felt. So I'm like, let's get to the gym. So I started going to the gym, lifting weights and getting fit and got kind of buff a little bit. Um, <laughs> And then like one of my clients for, through work was like, hey, we're, you know, I know you don't run, but we are doing a half marathon, the rock and roll half. And we're raising money for a charity um, called Move for Hunger. And uh, which I was familiar with at the time because it's an industry. It's a it's a charity that's or a nonprofit that's in our in the industry that I work in. And um, so I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to help and raise some money and get out there. And he's like, yeah, you can do 13 miles. It's, you know, you're fit. You do a lot of stuff. So it's fine. So I'm like, okay. And I started, you know, air quotes, like training. Yeah. Oh God. Thing, which meant like, just go out and run one mile. Don't die. Next day, go out to do two, three, four. And I ended up getting hurt. I got like a stress fraction in my, like, uh, my metatarsal or, you know, mm. for my big toe. Oh God, that's so awful. Because I had terrible, I had the wrong shoes. It was just like, it was all bad. And, um, but I made it to the race anyway and just used like KT tape and, <laughs> And like did, I just, did the I've run. been there, so I'm like laughing, yeah. but I know it's like so yeah. Yeah, so then I um ran that race and finished and um felt very happy and proud and all that stuff all at one time. And then I like kind of recovered a little bit after and then just kind of got back to running here and there. And mm -hmm. and it just like the love for it kind of grew. And then um within before I even like the year anniversary, I guess, of me running, um I decided like, Hey, I want to, I think I want to qualify for Boston. Cause I had lived in, in Newburyport, Massachusetts, like 45 minutes Northeast of Boston. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I lived in the area um, in, you know, that like in up you know, kind of North of Boston, I lived there during the Boston bombings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, so like, I remember, like, I remember watching on TV and knowing like, Oh God, I've been there before, been there before. Like as they're looking for the, you know, for the guy. I'm just watching um, the documentary. Yeah, I, I refuse. I'm not not Yeah, I don't like not, not. I don't refuse, but like, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's good. I just don't like. I don't know. Like, cause I, I think I got. Maybe I'll wait a little bit because like all of a sudden I started seeing like the you know Netflix remind me of the mm -hmm. like hey you know as soon as you turn it on Boston Week's coming and then as soon as you turn Netflix on it's like you know the manhunt and I'm like oh. it just I know but like it just seems like a. Like, it's like, hey, Boston's up. You want to watch this? And I'm like, no. No, I didn't want to watch it before I went. But, I mean, it's yeah. really scary. And I live right across the street from the old World Trade Center. And so these things are very scary. But it's not going to stop me from, like, doing all the things. But I think I it just seeing it, I watched it on TV also. Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying. You know, I was afraid to do the New York City Marathon at one point. Um, I finally did it. But, you know. You can't. Yeah, I mean, even on like Monday. Yeah. And even when I was running the race, like I kind of like randomly thought about it, you know, yeah. not that, but just thinking about what if something happened, like, and I, it was like this weird moment where I imagined this, you know, I was just like, let my mind wander for a second. I'm like, what are you talking? What are you doing? Yeah. You're and then just, just like finding ways to distract yourself yeah, from I mean, running. You yeah. know, and it's like, and I think I could think of something better to, to distract myself. So I kind of like trying to I deviated from that thought, that thought pattern, but you know, so I lived there, you know, and I lived, you know, close enough to know what was going on and know where they where they were and had been in certain spots and saw the city like rally. And then really America in general, you know, like rallied around the race and the next year. Then I went, you know, then it it, it was just amazing to see the city come back regardless. And Meb, Meb won that year um, and it was just great, you know, uh, so I'm like, that'd be sweet to like go back to Boston because I was living back in you know Michigan now. Uh, when I started running, so I was like, it'd be it'd be cool to to go back, you know, and run 
the race. And so I just jumped right at full steam ahead and ran my first marathon in October of 2019. Wow. Me too. Did you, what marathon did that was the first? That was the Detroit Free Press. Yeah. Detroit Free Press. Right. I did New York City. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I had been like doing half marathons up until then and triathlon, but I had like 70.3, but I had never done a marathon. And I wanted to do after that experience, which was, by the way, so challenging for me, like not so much the endurance, but just like I just, you know, I had like a cough mid race and then it developed all through mile 13 after that. And I was just suffering. But I I don't feel like that was like what is the experience should have been. So I signed up for another one and then the pandemic happened. So I have to get back to it. But this weekend was really inspiring. No, it was great. It was a great weekend. Yeah. And you're also, you know, you also have a really popular podcast, the Run, Eat, Sleep podcast. Yeah. And you are an Instagram content creator and influencer, and you have a whole business around that. So how did you get into those two things? And maybe that's two separate questions. Or maybe um, Well, no, like I think I, I know I, I, w- I had always like – you know, for work, I was creating stuff like on LinkedIn, you know, so I was always like, okay, I was okay with, you know, the video aspect of things, you know, and wanting to stuff. So like, as I started running, I was just, you know, posting stuff on Instagram and, you know, just creating little content, nothing like serious or anything like that. Um, and so, I mean, I didn't have like a big following at all. It was just kind of like slowly growing and just, I enjoyed putting stuff out there and, you know, getting likes and stuff like that and kind of like affirmation. I mean, I think in certain points in our lives and journeys, like we, you know, it, it, it's helpful to have, you know, people tell you good job, you know, and especially if you're, you're on a new path, it's just helpful to share. And I wasn't really doing it to inspire anybody. I was really just doing it to inspire myself and kind of hold myself accountable. Um, so then I just was making content and then 2020 rolls around and pandemic and, and um, you know, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Brown Taylor and like just countless others that just were like that were you know, it just, it just seemed like it was so much going on and, and the world had slowed down so much that you really had time to, to know, to, to see, you know, and notice because like, that's like it, you know, when we talk about that year, it's like we, um, even myself, it's like, you have like a tendency to go like, well, and then all this stuff started happening in 2020, but like, this has never stopped. Like these things that 2020 are, it's not like it just was like some anomaly where like it randomly like started happening you know um so i just continued to like you know i just had these moments where i'm like you know what like i need to create something and own something and just be you know more uh in control of you know the the thing um like my life and 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 realize that like you know because of covid you could die at any minute and then also because of you know the way that i'm i'm viewing police at that moment like you could but you could die right, any minute. Any moment, where, I mean, that that's a horrible and, thing to have to live with. That's- yeah. And then so it's like, you know what? Like, I can't pass my job, my day job and career to my kids, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure they're proud that I have a good job and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm like, you know what? I want to create something that like we that I we own and they could yeah. see like your dad taking a chance to do something a little different. So I started the company Chip Time Running. Um, which was like we made sh- I made shirts and they say run eat sleep repeat across the chest so all of them said that and then I was like you know people supported and it was fun it was cool like I had no intention of like you know you know really you know, blowing it up or anything like that but I yeah. just wanted to do something that like was felt like a nice creative outlet um, and people supported and that was cool and then like one day on a run um, I'm thinking like I think I put out this I did this challenge it was like seven days it was called the run eat sleep week you know, and you had to run at least a mile every day, eat at least one healthier meal than you normally do a day and then sleep for at least six to eight hours and post about it. And, you know, and we, it was like a, a, just like a challenge, you know, and people did it. I thought the running part was going to be the issue for people, but it was like the eating and sleeping part. Like people were posting like carrots, like that's what they had for lunch. Like, you 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 know, like what's, you know, and then, and then the sleep part, people were sleeping five hours a night. Like, I just can't get to the six, you know? So like, I'm like, I was on a run and I thought, wow, it'd be really cool to have a show that talks about specifically running, eating and sleeping separately, you know, yeah. like the running, the, the eating and health and then the sleep part, like recovery and, you know, and things in that, in that line. 
Um, so I started the show and was doing them very specific to like one would be about running, one would be about nutrition. And then it kind of morphed into something different. And I started getting like really cool athletes on. And then then I found like my voice in that um, and able to, you know, really just try to talk to people like on a human level and yeah, you know, talk about running. But then like think to like what can um, a seven, eight hour or a person that doesn't run at all um you know listen to like a des linden and how can they relate you know and the fact is like we're all human you know and i I posted something yesterday and somebody asked i was like said ask me anything and like somebody was asking me like well who's like the do you still get like nervous around like certain influencers or or you know or or professional runners and like the answer kind of like no like i respect them all you know really cool what they do but then, like, the more that I've done the show, like, I realized, like, these, you know, they're really just, like, people, you know, yeah. like, you know, when they're, when they pull up at Boston, yeah, they get, like, treated, like, with this fanfare and stuff like that. But, you know, like, runners is specifically, like, they're not like Jay-Z and Beyonce where, like, they they can go nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, when when Des Linden goes home or Sarah Hall go home, like, they don't, they, they get to be normal. You know, like, they they go to the store by, the, you know, by themselves it's not they don't get chauffeured around everywhere you know like they're super normal yeah. people and they want normal you know um so i wanted to try to connect people with that normal side of folks and the show's done pretty well yeah and then awesome. the content, yeah it kind of grew along with that too you know the creation i think it's great i mean i really like the vibe it's very chill and it is very like down to earth and i was listening to a couple episodes obviously you know when we first met back in miami and i connected with you and I think you're doing an awesome job. So, and as a podcaster, I don't listen to a lot of other shows, even though I want to, but I like to listen to people who are doing things a little bit more uniquely in the space. And so I like the variety of guests and also just it's easy listening. You know, it's great on a long run or, you know, as part, I queue up like a few episodes of things. <laughs> if okay, I have yeah, to do cool. a long, slow good. run, otherwise it's yeah. all EDM on my run. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta have it's it. like I've got to be it. in the club, but on the run. <laughs> yeah. There has <laughs> to be have something. The, the high cadence, you yeah, know? totally. And that's how you started with Instagram and creating all your content. Now you're running a big giveaway you're almost at 10,000 followers you're like three followers away wait wait hold on let me see we'll 9,997 I just went on 99 Instagram. no 999 now 999 oh, oh, okay I think like the reason the, the reason behind it is okay. like the reason why I want to share so it's not okay. like don't you may not be able to get in on the giveaway but okay and so like one of the things that like I went in working with some of the brands, like the, the show is why the show is kind of what linked me to some of these brands, because like I'd have on an athlete and then I'd talk to their brand and then we'd be able to do like a little small giveaway. And one of the things that like I started to realize, like I have a lot of shoes, I have a lot of stuff. And yeah. how can I like bring some of that, you know, more to people? Because giveaways get a little hokey and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think that if you do it with the right intention of just like, you know, I want to use my connections whether and then with many different brands if I yeah. can yeah. like to like have somebody win something get something or whatever yeah. you know um and that's why like I cuz I did a five so this one I hit 5000 last year and I was I did a 5k for 5 days contest okay. or giveaway so each day you had to run 5k and then you posted your 5K, you tagged me, and then I put you on the list of a giveaway for a pair of shoes. Okay. And it was five different, five different brands gave away shoes. Um, and it was just a fun way to like to grow the you know platform, but yeah. then also to like connect and give people, you know, give back. And so I always try to do that. Like, and that's like what I do with the events that I've I've hosted, because I've hosted like maybe four or five events right mm-hmm. at this point in our area and bringing brands to my connect to my audience in my community you know whether in person or online um so that's what this 10 day thing is is like uh, number one i don't want to tell everybody to go run 10k i mean i'm sure people probably would for a giveaway but it's just the point is like i want to celebrate by like because i'm going to benefit at at some point for hitting 10 like you know so like i'd love to like use that moment to like have fun and have people involved in the thing because people follow you for you know, for a reason, they want yeah. to celebrate with you. They want to like hear what's really going on. Yeah. You know, whether you're it's a friend or a stranger, you 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 follow them for a reason. Yeah. So let's just 
let's interact. Let's have some fun, you know, and maybe win a pair of shoes or like a, or like a, you know, an all day running duffel. Yeah. I love, I love the idea of the giveaway. There's, they're always good. Cause you always get like you, I like to, I have a lot of stuff I'm reviewing and brands that want to connect with the audience. And I, I always think it's a great idea and everyone always loves them. And I did the Adidas event, um, which was a big deal to do. Right. And that was fun. And I wanted to bring Adidas to the community. And obviously, like on one side, they want to sell shoes right then. Right. But then I was very clear, like, you know, I want you to as well. But at the same time, like you being in the space, selling one shoe to 20, whatever you sell, is what you need to have happen. Like you need the 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 ROI is people seeing the brand here, you know, and yes, let's sell some shoes, but it's, if you want to tap into the community, it can't be to, to only sell. I love it. Yeah. And then I think it's, and then a lot of times it's on my, it's on my terms, you know, yeah. like, yes. you know, I, if somebody comes to me, I've never had anybody say, Hey, let's do a giveaway. Cause I wouldn't feel, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah you, feel you know, like, yeah, it's not my but thing. it's like, it's my, yeah. It's like, I put the thought together. It's my thing. And it's from my angle and it's my voice. Yeah. And do you want to be a part of it? Yes or no? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love and that. Yes. Yeah, great. Are you planning to do any giveaways, any other giveaways this summer? Is this something that you see yourself doing more of? Um, no, I haven't done one in a while. I think, I think the last one might've been the 5,000 mark last year. I don't know. Like, I don't like, I was doing it quite often through the show and I would, you know, but it gets some, it's fun and it, it gets to be like, you know, kind of tiring to do. Yeah. And it, it's less authentic the more you do it. But yeah, I don't, I don't have anything planned. I didn't have this one. I, honestly, so the way that I work, if you, you know, you'll, you'll know that eventually as we work together more, I have random moments of like inspiration and creativity. Yeah. And I, the way that like, I have come to find out like after years of, of, of alcoholism and procrastination and all these bad tendencies, the farther I get away from that, I thought I wasn't creative. I thought I wasn't motivated. I thought I wasn't a go-getter and all these other things. Um, but in sobriety, I found that I am, and I just operate a little, maybe a little differently and mm -hmm. slightly more chaotic maybe because of the past, but it's more like I have these moments where it's like, I want to do this and I know that for me to get something done, I need to do it like now, you know, yeah. um, and at times that's great. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult when you're working with other people, but I have these moments where it's like, Hey, I want to do this. You know, like I thought about the, the 10K giveaway thing, like <laughs> yesterday, you know, and it's about to launch and like, I have a graphic for it. I have like a, you know, 10 comp, you know, it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, so I don't plan things that far ahead. Um, but you know, one, one day, one day, I'll, one day I'll get the balance. Yeah. Cause like, I know if I don't do it now, even, even if like somebody's listening and they're like, you know, I want this, I have this really big goal, right? Let's just say running, like say your goal is to qualify for Boston marathon right. or to run a marathon. Let's just start, let's just say to run a marathon. Right. Yep. And maybe you have a specific time that you want to want to hit you start now. You know, like, don't do this thing where it's like, okay, I know that there's a long process for me to get there and then somehow like drag that out. Like sometimes you, you can, you can set a goal for something crazy. Like that it's like a five-year goal, you know, but it becomes a 10-year goal if you don't start now, you know, like it could be a seven or eight, you keep pushing it out, do something, do whatever you can do now. Like in sobriety, it's like, what can you control? Control what you control, you know, and everything else is outside of, you can't control anything other than what you do. So like you have a goal and you can't control the, you know, you can't go run the marathon today, but you can, you can go look up the, 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 the plan that you're going to use. You can pay for it online. You can go hire a coach today, or you can something today and, or maybe just get out the door and start that process maybe walk today maybe jog today something you know like i have to start now and i know that some things take a little longer but starting asap and doing something you can do every day and some days what's required of you is to rest but do that 
you know, do something. That's great advice. I find myself recently kind of leaning into that advice. And, you know, when you feel overwhelmed and you have a lot on your to-do list, it's like, what can you get done now? And what can you not get done now? And how can you just start moving forward? And I think I didn't realize like that's something from sobriety, but I feel like it's a lot from sports and there's so many parallels, you know, in between those two things. But I've been using it for work just because what am I going to be able to accomplish in this moment? And what can I put further out on the back burner? Yeah, because it's some things are just some things in life are just so massive. You know what I mean? Like whether it's like, you know, like a, a struggle that you're dealing with, like everything, you know, like sobriety was the one thing like so I, I I was sober for like you know maybe a few weeks and I was in meetings and I was like I had a trip that was coming up it was like January middle of January or end of January and I had a trip coming up in March of that year and for work and it's like a you know it's an industry thing so like it's a lot of drinking it's your professional yeah. out you know at Challenging. that point yeah so like I'm like oh my god like I'm gonna have to go to this event and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then like everyone in the that room was like, you know, each person shared after me and they like mentioned like, hey, you know, you can't control that. You know, all you have to do is is take care of today one day at a time. You know, yeah. you, can't, you you don't even know where you're going to be in March. That's that's 30 days away. Or it's 45 yeah. days, away, whatever it is. And that kind of like it sounds hokey and dumb. It's like one day at a time. But it's literally there's no point in in causing suffering from right now like right now that you don't you're that's for something in the future yeah um just handle today and that's really what kind of reinstilled that for the rest of everything you can't really worry about mile 26 when you just when you're still at mile two yeah you just have to run what you have to be where you are yeah um that's hopefully a really be pre- important lesson yeah. yeah yeah be prepared you know but you can't cast you can't control that, you know, just yeah. handle the day over and over. And then when that day comes, just, just stay sober that day too, you know? Yeah, cross that bridge when you get there. Yeah, cross that bridge when you get there. I love that. It's always so hard to kind of like get into that mindset though, right? Because it takes a lot of energy, but you just have to tell yourself, it's kind of like what we do in yoga, right? It's like, just focus on the moment. <laughs> Yeah. And if, yeah. And like that, breathe like that, focus on the breath when you're, when you're going through like a really tough time, focus, control what you can control in that moment. And sometimes just breathing properly is what you can control. And would you say that that sort of philosophy and mindset has gotten you through everything? Yeah. A hundred percent. Running, it's work, it's career, it's life, it's everything. Relationships, everything. There's no, there's no moment where you know, the reminder of control, which you can control. Um, I mean, because it's the serenity prayer. Like, God grant me the yeah. serenity to accept things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Because, like, that's where, like, that's where, like, drama and, like, anxiety and, for me, and depression and just, like, that overwhelming feeling is when you, when you're, when you don't take time to look at something to see whether it's something you can actually change or not you know knowing the difference of things that you really have impact can have an impact on and the things you can't those are the ones like because when you wake up every day and it's like you know you know you're stressed about everything else outside of your control and what this person said and did and all these things that's when life is like wow life life sucks you know and then but when you really boil it down to like what is within my grasp and control and really it's only you right i mean because you can punch somebody in the face today and they decide what they do after right it's how you respond to things that happen yeah it's legit like you can't make somebody i mean you can't make anybody mad at you whether you want to or you can try you can't make anybody anything let, let alone make them do what you want you know and make them respond the way you think that they should respond you know so it, it's got to do what you can do so now how many years have you been sober? Six and in a few months, six years and a few months. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And like that was that was a big thing because it's like when you're just a, when you're new to sobriety, hearing people in a room say that they're five, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. It's like, it's no, I, I have no idea how that could, you could do that. But yeah. 
they only got there by just living one day at a time. Yeah. I mean, and you know, as a runner, you probably see that through the sport of running, at least I see this, like everything is possible. Mm-hmm. Like there's no limit to what you can accomplish as a person. I feel like if you if you take the time to 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 search within, you know, mm-hmm. look in, you know, look inward um, to find out what you want to do, yeah. you know, and because I think I think humans are very limited, you know, um, if you're in the wrong thing, you know, yeah. and if Kipchoge wanted to play football, you know, uh, I don't know if it worked. I think he'd be very limited in that in that in that aspect. You know what I mean? Um, as line, mindset. Yeah. As, yeah. Line, yeah, as linebacker, you know, like it's just, but I think you have to, I think you have to decide to decide and, and really know, like, and find out what you are here to create, you know, once you find that, then I do believe that then you put the hard work in, then you go for it, then all that, then you can do whatever you want to within that, I believe, um, you know, like Steve Jobs, like, or, or Bill Gates or whoever, put them in the wrong thing. We don't know their names, you know? It takes a lot of work to get to that place where you like click in and everything is flowing in the right direction. I think it's tough because there's so, like, especially now you got social media, you see everybody yeah. doing everything. Yeah. It's so easy, so easy to see other people doing a thing. And then you go like, I could do that too. You just, like, you just can't compare in, you know, to you can't compare to anybody else. You can't look to see what other people are doing yeah. and think that's the way that you should go too. Yeah. Um, because when you let that go, yeah, then you then you kind of stop chasing your your tail, so to speak, you know. Speaking of social media, do you how much time do you spend on social media? Because <laughs> I mean, mentally, doesn't it like take its toll on you at a certain point, like where you just have to shut it off? Um, no, not really. I don't um I'm I'm I compartmentalize very easily, um to a fault probably. But I probably spend too much time on it. And I don't do a lot of like super scroll. Like I don't do a lot of scrolling and like mm-hmm. really like diving deep into like stuff. You know, I feel like I pick when I pick, when I get on Instagram, I'm there for a reason, you know, like I'm, it's either to respond to something that's going on with me or my, or like people that like I care about, um, you know, not to say I don't care about everybody on there, but yeah. people that are within my like, you know, actual like sphere of, of um, like friends and influence. Um, and then, you know, look for ways to like create and interact with people. So it's not like I'm not just like doom scrolling or like scrolling right. through all the re- laugh and giggle all day. Um, so like when I, I don't, I don't typically like put my phone down feeling like I wasted time unless I'm like literally supposed to be doing something else. Um, yeah. But yeah, most time. But I find myself I think- like doom scrolling, but not doom scrolling, but more like just watching dog videos on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It can be. I sit so there I at like eleven o'clock at night, and I like open TikTok, and then it's like dog videos. Oh, for an well, hour. yeah. Well, TikTok, TikTok's a whole different beast. Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't get on TikTok much because I, I, I feel like the first time I got on TikTok, I think I looked up and it was like three hours later. I'm like, oh holy. My God. <laughs> um, but so I think one time, recently, I, I saw a car accident on my Instagram. Like it was like it was like a reel about a, a car accident, like some crazy thing or whatever. And then next thing you know, that's all I was getting. It was like all these like car accident videos. And when I tell you like, it's, I don't know, it's really hard to not watch them because it's like, like how are these things happening? You know, like you see that one video recently where like the tire popped off of a truck no. and then this Kia Soul, like it popped off and jumped over to the next lane. The Kia Soul like hit it. No, correct? I didn't see it. No. Right? And then it flew up in the air and like essentially like, went to pieces and then like the tire rolled and then hit it in the back. Like after all that, like oh, it was wow. like, the- I would watch that over and over. Yeah. It went, it went viral. Like, I mean, cause it was the craziest thing that ever happened. I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch this show on Netflix called beef, which was about road rage. I'm watching that right now. I'm watching that right, I'm watching that right now. Yeah, it's yeah. so freaking good. I'm oh like, my God. I think I'm on episode like, I think I'm on episode like four. What do you think uh, so far? One, I love Ali Wong in general. Yes, like I like her awesome. a lot. And I just think it's great. Like, I think it's like the way that they, it is just great. Like I love flawed characters and I like the fact that they're main characters because I'm super, super duper flawed. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm this, these are my people, you know? Do you read a lot or? I do a lot of uh, audible listening. I fall asleep every time I read. So audible listening is really good. Cause like I'm washing dishes or doing something just like that's kind of like 
mindless and I can listen well, then I do that. Like right now, I'm listening to Des Linden's book, uh, Choosing to Run. So far, so good. Um, what was the last book I read? Last book I read that was really, or listened to that was really good, uh, was Warrior of the Light. Pretty good. It's uh, by Paolo Coelho. He wrote The Alchemist. Oh, yeah. I totally know. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like it's more of a um mem um I don't know it's not a memoir but it's like um it's like one it's I can't I don't forget what they call it but it's like it's not a story it's just like a warrior of the light does this a warrior of the light does that and it's like seventy of them or whatever and it's it's a cool listen it's just a quick easy look yeah the last and most important topic I wanted to chat about and I know it's something you often talk about is being black in the world of running you know no one who is white can even imagine what it's like to be judged based on the color of your skin and being just doing your normal daily things and like at any minute like somebody could come and try to kill you just because of the color of your skin that is terrifying yeah so it's um you know like because it's different layers to it. it's like there's one one thing where it's like you when people say like you know judge by the color of your skin it's like it's some like at face value, it's almost like somebody says, oh, I don't like it's not just about like, oh, I don't like you because you're this color or you're because you're black. It's it judgment of like to a point where you're a threat because you you make me feel comfortable because of how you're dressed, how you look, your color, skin, your hair, whatever it is. Um, and it it is it's and I live outside of Detroit. So I live in a front in Farmington Hills. So I like I live in a predominantly white area. Um I mean, it's, it's fairly mixed, but it's, you know, mainly white. And I, I've never felt unsafe. You know, I didn't, I've never been in a position where like, I felt um, like nervous for my, my, my safety, but I've, 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 I think I noticed after 2020 of the times when I've adjusted my posture or adjusted the tone of my voice or you know, tried to almost speak totally different to make white people feel comfortable with my presence and not feel intimidated. And cause like, especially in a work setting or any setting where you want, you need the people there to ac accept you. Um, there's, there's this fear and we're almost taught to learn how to step into a white space and not be immediately rejected. I mean, cause if you look at, you know, in history, you know, when things were, uh, desegregated and black folks could go into certain places and could go for certain jobs imagine the the changes that they had to go through or to perform the performances that they had to put off to make sure that they didn't seem like one of those black folks that is whatever ghetto and thug and all these things so like you know and for a long time i did that no not really knowing it but just feeling like that's what we have to do and that's another thing like most white people will never know or feel that they've had to walk into a place and literally like try to disarm people just immediately you know and when you i've i it's just and in the running space it's like you pass by folks and you, you kind of unknowingly kind of smile and you know, um, when I, and I run with other people that aren't black and I just realized that they don't have that that thing that they have to do to make people feel like I'm fine. I'm good. Just, just passing through, you know. Um, so anyway, so like all that was just that was just a reminder of things. And that's after Mount Arbery is when I started actually thinking about, geez, like that's wild to think that like you could just be you know, I could just be running and suspected of something. So like the, the, the thought of like being judged by the color of your skin. And then in part of that is, you know, a threat, a threat response or level like rises in, in people because of, especially a group of, of color, of colored folks. Right. You know, people black and Brown and whatever. Right. It's just an immediate like rise if you see like a group of us, you know? And so on in, in Boston, I wasn't there. Like I ran Boston. I ran past the, the, the cheer squad at mile 20, 21 ish. Um, and a, a few of the people that a few people came in to spectate from, from Michigan um, that are my, that are my friends. I know a bunch of the people that are you know, part of that run, part of that run crew and uh, some of the other run crews that was there. I know Sid Baptista, who's, you know, the owner of pioneers clothing, the, the leader and, you know, 
director of Pioneers Run Crew. Um, and they're there every year. They're, I mean, it's like, it's a thing that they do. They're there to support and they're there to get hype. They're there when runners probably need them the most is on Heartbreak Hill, you know, and they come with the energy that, you know, the the way that most Black people I know celebrate and and, and get hype for people and are, are unashamed, like unashamed of like, the, the level of excitement that that we bring to certain situations when we just in a space where we should feel comfortable, you know? Um, and so what happened, I guess, was that there, you know, the originally like a police officer came by and said, Hey, don't pass by the rope, you know, stay on this side of the rope, which is a fair, you know, which is a fair ask. Um, and then it, I guess a few different times, like people would, certain people would come by like me, or someone else, and you know that people would come out a little bit to high five and be hype and shoot off a confetti gun or whatever and celebrate with the music that they played. They had DJs and tents. It wasn't just like a unorganized pop up. It was right. like this it was is like a real pop up. Yeah. You. Um, and you know, and I understand like the the line thing. Yeah. Um, but then to to answer that with this one cop was going back and forth on his bike, you know, really close to the edge, blowing a whistle. Back and forth. Yeah. And and that's unnecessary in itself. And then he called back up. And next thing you know, there's like 10, 12 police officers lined up like a riot line, you know, facing, facing, you know, the, the, a group of colored, of of colored people, you know? Um, And it was, it's just the, 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 the still picture of it looks so much like what we've seen in so many different situations. It looked like, they're like ready for like, I mean, they weren't dressed in riot like gear, but like just started like spraying just, people like with right, you know, yeah. anything. Yeah. And just imagine, yeah. if, just imagine if the energy was higher and someone made in one of the people in the run crew made a mistake and went too far with something and bumped one of the cops. And the next thing you know, now it's a thing. Um, and then on the other side of them, there were like, poli- there were motorcycles, police there behind them. So they were on both sides, they had police. Yeah. The response is like, well, you know, like people are trying to say, oh, well, it's just follow the rules and this and that. Da, da, da. I, and, and then I, my first thing is, were you there? Like, did you run? Yeah. You know, on Monday. And the answer is normally no. Yeah. And if you were, you'd see that when you go through Wellesley, there's people everywhere. When you go through Boston College, there's frat kids everywhere. Everywhere. People cutting people off, people in the street and nobody cares. You know, the yeah. runners don't, I mean, as long as they're, you're, the runner doesn't get knocked over or whatever. And I could see if it was on a tangent line, like on a corner and you're making the corner wider, it's a straight, Heartbreak Hill is a yeah. straight up, no one's on the side of the road worried about this person's in my way or that person. Right. And if anything, all runners welcomed the energy and the, and the love and all that that happened. And it, on, on paper or visual, black, white, gray, whatever, yeah. the the presence of that many police officers for a, a mainly black and brown group of people yeah. is a racist response. I agree. Because it, it's proof that day that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, there's proof in, in, in coming up to that, that group. I thought there was another group that was maybe like a quarter or a half mile ahead of that. And I, in the distance, I'm like, okay, here come my friends. Cause they was like, I could see a big group and they were kind of like into the street a little bit, not in this, in the way, but just leaning in. And I'm like, that's them. Okay. You know, get ready, you know, look good. Let's go past. And it wasn't them. They were just a really, really hyped group of people cheering. Yeah. Same exact energy, same thing. And then I go past farther. And then when I passed by the, my, that group, there was that this one cop, he was standing there. And if you look back and see my videos that I posted, I went by and did a bunch of high fives with people. And then I had to put my hand back because he was right in the middle of the group, just standing there on his bike, a whistle in his mouth. And I pulled my hand back to not touch him and then gave five. I didn't know what was going on, but yeah. that was the beginning of it. And they stood there for however long and, um, and eventually they dispersed because, you know, it's some, somewhere, yeah. someone, someone, somebody somewhere must've been like, yo, you guys are, this is too much. Let's they're fine. You know, would that deter you from going back and racing? Yeah, I think BAA and, and it wasn't Boston police. It was the Newton police, but, and even if, if it was some, I don't know like what city, but I think it was, it was definitely in Newton. So I would assume it was Newton police that showed up, but you know, like they need to, they should say something, they need to say something, they need to respond to it. And 
I think this, you know, I think an easy solution would be for BAA to make Pioneer an official cheer squad zone um, and be a part, you know, be as a part of like, hey, make sure you, you know, look forward to the cheer, the Pioneer cheer squad on and 21. come out on the course or do whatever they want to do because like. Don't, just don't, just don't knock anybody over. Don't be in the way. And they weren't in the way. And if they were for someone, I, it's no possible chance that that was on purpose. And there's no chance it was repeated over and over and purposely in other folks. You know, and and I've seen people in comments that were like, I passed through Boston College and had to dodge six people, you know, like because because they were just out in the street drunk, you know, and passing. And then like, oh, it's about runner safety. But yet I'm saying people pass people beer, you know, on the court, which is fun. And I'm not judging that at all. But don't say runner safety, but it's okay to do something that's unsafe, you know, down the street. Have you ever seen anything like that? In other cities or just really involved no i've been in i've no i've never been I've, I've i mean i haven't run a billion marathons but if anybody's run a marathon before especially in a major city it gets wild and it's crazy and it's welcome and it's it's fun like new york was nuts yeah. you know chicago was nuts and nobody cares you know like it's you know as long as they're not endangering anyone in like like and being threatening not just by not just by existing and dancing but I mean, actually threatening people, then yeah, sure. Let's get the police involved. And then the the whole like, you know, it's a 10 year anniversary for the Boston Bomb. Very aware of that. And my thing to that is if the police thought and felt anything of a reminder of that day, I think the, the response would have been much more swift and much more aggressive if they thought that this group was actually a threat yeah. to people's. So don't go like, oh, it's a safety. Come on. Yeah, I mean, the people that bombed the race were, like, putting backpacks in garbage pails and setting off bombs, not cheering. There's no suspicious, there's no yeah. suspicious behavior. If anything, these the people that showed up there to do that showed up for all the right reasons, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I come, I don't know if I'm going to run again just because it's a terrible course. You know, it's, t- it's a tough race. But, you know, I, that didn't, that doesn't, if, if Black people let, if Black people let stuff like that stop us from, from wanting to be somewhere and knowing that we belong and pushing forward, then we'd be nowhere. Yeah. Do you feel like there's progress in this space? I mean, especially with Allison's book, Running While Black, which we sort of started talking about. I mean, I think she's really getting out there and putting the message out there for people. Yeah, I think that there's some progress in certain certain ways. And I think that I think that there's a lot of brands that have made a lot of progress because of, you know, the, her, her book and like the RIDC, the Running Industry Diversity Coalition. Yes, I'm going to have um, someone on from there. She introduced yeah, me to yeah, a woman. Kira Small. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, Smalls is the, is the I can't remember her title, but I think maybe CEO of it, you know, to a lot of people since 2020 and all, you know, in all the work that's been done since then, I think that the industry as a whole is in a slightly better position. Um, and no, you know, and I think, yeah, I think it's much better, but it's, it's tough to see t- sometimes too, because the more vocal, um, evoke, the more vocal a minority is in a space like this, the more you'll see the the hard reactions to it or the, or the, the the racist or whatever reactive statements um then it makes you like say like wow we gotta we have even longer to go than we thought because for a long time like this is great you know whatever and then something like this happens or you know allison drops you know um an excerpt from her book about boston and about what boston can do to change and all these other things and then you write start reading these comments and you're like wow like there's people are really upset and and very rooted in this um thing that they don't think is supremacy in some way you know and they're holding on to it with for like dear life you know as opposed to like realizing that we're not attacking no one's attacking your achievement no one's attacking what you you know whatever nobody i don't we don't care it's just the, the point facts. is like yeah yeah it's just the fact that like in you know and and then like when i posted this you know thing about what happened you know they got a bunch of views it got shared a bunch and then like everybody started doing you know spreading it around and like you start seeing the comments and it's just more and more of like this, this weird undertone, you know, of like, of, of racism trying to be polite, you know, and try to like, oh, it's, you know, what about this? And like the point isn't that we think we're special to where we can just do whatever we want and not follow any rules. The point is, if, if there's an, if there's a reaction to this, 
and you know whatever then there should be an equal reaction of every if if it's if the line in the rope is that serious and i need to, you it should be cops everywhere because there's people doing crazy stuff and not ex- acting like this rope doesn't even exist Just do that everywhere i want it in you know from hopkinton to boston <laughs> it should be groups of police keeping people off the course yeah not do just that people who are black yeah yeah so so yeah i think it's i think it's getting better in certain aspects but it's the more that people talk about it, the more that people have these tough conversations, the more you start seeing people act kind of like, you know, in their own, you know, the real way that they want to. And then you start kind of like realizing that there's a lot of work to, that still needs to be done. Um, some people ain't going to change, though, you know, and but I think allies and folks need to see that this is it's, it's real. It's not just it's not just like the not just like the southern it's not some southern guy somewhere that's just super racist. It's everywhere. I mean, I'm I'm just here listening and trying to put good messages out into the universe yeah i mean because it's and it's all about like platform too like yeah. after after i ran the boston like you know every time i run a race you know like you know too like after you do a race or something like that yeah. like that's the moment where like you should post something right good yeah because it's like yeah. people are watching and checking and you got a lot of engagement during that weekend and after the race my first post was about this it was about yeah. the about 21 as opposed to you know, I just PR'd in Boston or, you know, I finished the redemption tour is over, you know, but I didn't. I posted this and I I felt the need to use my platform. And it's not a big platform, but I felt the need to use it because like that's what we have platforms for. And so like you're saying, like, you know, for people that are allies, it's what do you do or what can you do? And some people are far so far away from like, you know, the movement or whatever, but they want to help. And often it's just use your platform large to small like yeah. use your platform because we have these outlets for a reason and if you want to help use your outlet you know um and that's the way to do it yeah well this is this is awesome it was great talking to you it was great seeing you also moderating the panel with brooks for with allison i learned a yeah. lot during that conversation too just about the marathon and how people look at bqing versus doing the run for charity i didn't realize any of that Either. Yeah. And, and I, and so like, I, m- most of my running journey was, was, is based on like, you know, I want to, I want to qualify for Boston. So I'm the, I'm the last person that's going to say, you know, the B, the BQ should go away, you know, and I feel like there's, there's some adjustments that could be make, made within the BAA uh, and with, within the process of registration that could, could really keep the, the, the BQ um, importance to people up and high and at the forefront, but then also make it the other side of it more inclusive um, without, you know, taking away that, like that fight that you took to get there and all that stuff. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's cool. It's special. It's fun. You know, yeah. it's fun to to try to get a BQ because you can time qualify for other races, you know, you can time qualify for, for York, yeah. Chicago, Tokyo, Berlin, but you, but because but they have the lottery, have yeah, large, large majority of people there are a lottery. So nobody, you know, I time qualified for Chicago, but I didn't make a post about it. It just is what it is. You know, nobody cares. Everybody's going to be there anyway. Um, so like there's a way to there's a way to maneuver that a little bit. It'll be less inclusive than other races, but it'll be a step in the right direction if Boston was to change a couple things. And, you know, because I think that they thousand people. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're like, yeah, I think it's like 30,000. I think the most they've had was like 39,000. Like I said in the panel, there should be, they, they could easily, I would think, easily pick a number, say if it's 35,000, pick a number. And every year that they don't have 35,000, you know, time qualifiers or charity runners, uh, open up the remaining spots for lottery. Do you know how much, what the percentage is versus of qualifiers versus charity runners? Uh, I don't. Um, I don't know, but yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's heavy. Like I mean, it's. I mean, it's mainly qualifiers. I mean, yeah. they've opened up more spots for charity all over the years, but it's mainly, you know, it's it's mainly qualifiers. I've always wanted to qualify. I just feel like it's the same thing with Kona, the mm-hmm. Ironman race. I just. I don't know if this is true. It's just how I've perceived it and how it feels to me is like if you can't do a marathon in a certain time, you probably won't do super well on the course mm-hmm. but i don't i don't know yeah. if that's true or not like i feel like the times were set for other reasons beyond just being like a time like 
maybe the course isn't open that long. Maybe it's like a very challenging event. And so it's like a safety thing. I have no idea. But I mean, I would never want to do Kona personally as a charity because I probably would drown in the swim anyway, regardless mm -hmm. if I qualified. So, so, so I think somewhere it says 80% or so for our, our qualifiers and 20% non-qualifiers. Yeah, it's a high number to raise money for Boston, which yeah. is definitely not my thing because I cannot raise money for anything. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm <awful>. sure you be. <laughs> no, sure I tried to be. raise money for a swim for cancer once and I got like $25. I paid for the whole race. <laughs> I just always, I'm awful at like asking people to give, I don't know. It's a whole different yeah. thing. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a different energy for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, Tommy, this has been so great. Thanks for dropping into the podcast. I appreciate the invite. Appreciate the platform. Thank you for your time. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, Sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. <laughs>